Hey, welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here today with Lenny Melnick. How are you doing? I'm doing as good as I can be doing under the circumstances of this country and what we're up against. But uh, needless to say, I woke up this morning, so that means I'm doing good. That's a lot of caveats you just uh, put in there. Yeah, a lot of caveats. I don't even know what caveat means. Is that uh, like caviar, something like that? Yeah, something like that. So what's up? uh, At Lenny Melnick on Twitter. Give him a follow. Um, yeah. What else are you up to? Like, I, I listen to your podcast every day. It's really good. And you don't, you cut right to the chase. There's no intro music. No music, there's right? No... I keep telling everybody, cut the music off. And, you know, when there's a podcast where there's two people, how was your weekend? Right? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like I heard these podcasts. And like, it's funny because you probably talk, they probably talked to each other before and like, like normal adults, how you doing? Right. Oh, fine. How, how's your family? Okay. And then the record button comes on. They're like, what kind of food would you be if you were a food? I'm like, yeah. are, are you guys like five years old? Just shut the fuck up and talk about baseball. Jesus Christ. And here's but, the real thing that everybody, we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> we do. Yeah, I know. We can't, we, we can't, we can't pretend what animals we're going to be or anything everybody. like that. We got to, like, again, again, we got to get to the house cleaning right away. We, we, wanna, we don't want to yeah. talk about this for too long, but um, obviously we need to get to like the important things. Like, are you vaccinated? That's the, that's one thing that's really important before we continue. Am I vaccinated? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got, I was the, I was told that I was the fifth person to get the Salk vaccine when I was in second grade. <laughs> right? Okay. So that, that, I think that counts. It, it might, yeah. it might, it might as oh, well count. Counts. It might as well count. Yeah. I'm vaccinated just like the uh, National Hockey League is vaccinated in the NBA with all the, you know, they brought back the Nets, brought back Kyrie Irving because he wouldn't get, uh, you know, he was suspended because he didn't get vaccinated. Right. And they brought him back last night because they had nine players fully vaccinated who had COVID. So <laughs> he wound up playing because they didn't have enough guys to play. That's, um, you know, pretty humorous, actually. Oh, yeah. I talked about that this morning on my podcast. I found that to be funny as heck. He gets suspended for not taking it. And there's eight guys out and they had to call him back to play. Yeah, I heard you. I was listening to your podcast this morning before we uh, before we started recording him. And it's a great source of news. And it's like, again, no, no bullshit. I will tell you one thing. The podcast, see, I don't go out. I've been in my car six times since last November. Six, I mean, a year ago. Six times I've been in the car. Uh, but the podcast, I started five. I ended 10. Believe me when I tell you, if it wasn't the po- for the podcast, I'd be going crazy. So uh, I love it. I do it every day for 19 years. And away we go. But uh, yeah, you, you, you could just call me Mr. Legend. That's all. Mr. Legends are not like, you, you don't mind if I go, like if, Ms., like if I refer to Mr. Legend as a him, like that's okay? Or you can call me Lenny, okay? Len, okay, <laughs> I just, just want to make sure we don't want to, we don't want to like trigger anyone on this No, podcast. I know, we can't uh, insult anybody, right? Okay, that's that's very important. Okay, right. thank you very much. But but uh, in all seriousness, much respect for that podcast. It's, um, thank you. It's, it's really good. It's really informative and it's, it's helped me. Um, so um, how many leagues are you in? I know you, t- you were talking about Tout Wars last time. How many actual leagues do you plan on playing in this year? Well, I'm not in a lot of leagues. Uh, I've taken the position, and it's pretty hard to explain uh, if you're not doing it, but I, I, I work with so many people as I answer the questions. Look, anybody who supports me, I support them, and I've got quite a few supporters. I wind up feeling more pressure answering their questions about their teams and stuff 
than I do my own. And sometimes I don't even take my own advice when I tell them to pick up a player. So I'm in like, like three or four leagues and that's about it. But I feel like I'm in 500 leagues because not only do I answer the questions thrown at me, but I also do my homework, take a look at their entire team, take a look at their league. And to me, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm in tons of leagues. I'm probably in too many. I need to cut down. Actually, I just got a, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm at my office right now. I just got an admin assistant and, and I'm trying to train them on how to use like the different um, research methods for baseball. So when, when they have some downtime, right. Tracy over there is going to, is going to do some like um, setting lineups just in case and stuff like that, because I, I can't handle it. So uh-huh. like, yeah, she's just over there on the, on the other desk right now. And she's just, um, I don't know if I need to, if you need her to look her up something, then she'll do it. But um, yeah, it's just in set my lineups. She'll do a cursory review. It's, it's good. Okay. So, um, okay. So um, last time we talked, I want to ask you about two, two players because you said Ahmed Rosario last year. That's you said, right. You said, Thank you very much for remembering that. That's my claim to fame. You said, you said you looked at him and you're like, he's just like, he's built well and, a guy that like went like almost 2020 when he was like, what, 22 years old. That's um, right. He's going to be good. Thank God they let him play shortstop and took him out of the outfield. So um, first of all, um, take a bow on that one and take or take a victory lap. But do you have anyone that's um, sort of in that mold for this year that you're, that you're, or is it too early? A little too early. I've got a couple of people on the sidelines right now, but let's see what happens. There's going to be such a flurry of activity once this lockout, you know, the month that we had prior to the lockout was arguably the greatest month of baseball we have ever had. Uh, and I think coming back with all the free agents still out there, we're even going to have a better month because we have the limits of, of the season starting and it's going to be fantastic. So I'll just hold off on my, on my big sleeper until then. All right. All right. That's fair enough. We'll have to have, we'll have to have you back on the podcast for that. But last okay. week you also, you were also saying Kyle Tucker is somebody you'd sort of steer away from um, just because he said he has a big looping swing. I think if I recall, that's um, correct. He, but uh, he, are you still, are you still timid because now he's going like in the middle of the first round, I, I'm assuming that you probably wouldn't touch him based on what you said, or you've ever become around on him. Well, he's a very interesting uh, uh, ball player. Uh, when I saw him in the Arizona Fall League, and when I say saw him, I don't mean just one time. I saw him seven or eight different times, came out with the same opinion every time. Uh, his swing, he looked uh, very uncomfortable on a swing, holding the bat with both hands on the, on the release. And here's the thing about Kyle Tucker. I'm not the only one who thinks that he needs to make some changes in his batting style. The others are the coaches on his team who say we would love to change a lot of his mechanics, but the fact is he's too successful to make a change. So he's the only player I've ever come across where the hitting coach and everybody else feels that he does need to change some of his hitting mechanics, but how do you change somebody who's been so successful? So we'll see. I think there's going to be a time where he goes into the tank, uh, the stolen bases. That's a big factor. He's turned out to be a lot better than I thought. But the only player I've ever heard of where even his coaches pan his swing, but they're afraid to tinker with it because he's so successful. That's interesting. Right. So you could, you could, uh, are you saying that he, you could see him like take a Cody Bellinger type path 
where like he's had really great years, but then just sometimes it would fall apart for him. Yeah, well, I, let's put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised because look, my uh, comments about his swing have been commented by his own uh, hitting instructors. So I do think at some point there will be pitching coaches who figure out a way to get this guy out. So it may be this year, next year. Uh, let's put it this way. I would not go, even though I like him now, I would not go the extra dollar on Kyle Tucker. Right on. Okay. Um, so um, right now, um, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast and a lot of people in general are doing these draft and hold leagues because um, if you're drafting this early, that's just, I don't know, the type of league that people do. It's a draft champions leagues on, on the NFBC site. And right. which is 50 rounds, no pickups, no trades. So uh, the later round picks are, are more paramount there. Um, and people want to really just get an edge um, early in these drafts where these later picks turn into early picks come March when news come out, new, when, when we just, when we have 2020 vision then. So a couple of guys, like I know that you're, that you've talked about the Arizona fall league, a couple of guys I wanted to ask you about just general thoughts on, like you can talk about their ETA, whether or not you're optimistic on them. Bryson Stott is one of the guys on the Phillies. Uh, this kid is going to be a surprise. Uh, he was spectacular. I covered the Arizona Fall League uh, this year. Even though we didn't go, uh, we did a special on the Arizona Fall League for Sirius Radio. But Bryson Scott, he drew 65 walks in 112 games, something like across three levels in 2021. He is, a, he is a contact hitter. He's got tremendous plate discipline. He could bat second in the order. Uh, he was just, he, he, uh, even in his first game, the Arizona Fall League, he drew three walks. He's the Phillies' number two prospect, rose all the way up from high A to triple A in only his second minor league season. Uh, he, he hit uh, 299 the regular season. He had 10 steals. He's look, he's just a, he's a terrific, solid player. He was selected in the, uh, in the Arizona fall league, all-star games. And uh, he, he was just tremendous. So I would take this guy. And here's the other thing about, about Scott. He reached base in all 26 Arizona fall league games he played in. So he's steady, may not be a star. He'll steal you some bases give you a good batting average, give you a good on-base percentage, and he's liable to play shortstop this year. Depends on what the Phillies do, of course, with uh, Story and all these guys. But I think they'll stick with uh, uh, DD. Uh, and then when Bryson Scott comes up, he's going to get a chance to play. When do you think he's up? And then what do you think happens to DD? I think, I think Bryson Scott, if he's playing well in AAA, um, I think he's going to get a shot in the second half of the year. I think people, uh, the way he's being drafted in these draft champions leagues is if, as if he's going to be up like right away, because well, there are there, the people yeah. have said that. It's hard to, hard to say that. Okay. Uh, he ended the Arizona fall league. He was the league leader in RBIs and walks. He, he batted three eighteen. He's 24 years old. Uh, I don't think they're going to get rid of, they're going to push DJ Gregorius away so fast. But uh, he's got a chance to play this year. I doubt if he opens up the season, he'll probably open up in AAA. Okay, let's see when he does come up. Like, what happens to Didi? Because if I'm if I'm drafting Didi 
in these leagues where I don't have any moves and like he's on he's on my team for the rest of the year and then he just does he just lose his job because and he's, he's, he's buddies with Girardi it's mm-hmm. very possible he could lose his job you can't keep Bryson Scott down there in AAA if he's killing it and he's he's got a track record of getting on base and uh, he's got some great you know he's a classic number two hitter he can steal he can hit for average and he can even pop some and he's a terrific defensive player so it depends on on if the Phillies get off to a slow start they're going to make some wholesale trains changes and also Dave Dombrowski is going to make some wholesale changes before the season and Didi could be somebody to go right on that that's an interesting team the, the Phillies because last year I was really excited over Mickey Moniak because he was really hitting the snot of the ball in spring right. training but then he just never was able to 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 have the bat on ball skills in the major league level at this point. But give but him a chance. What is he? He's only 23. Moniac? Yeah. Yeah, there I heard he might get traded. I heard Bomb might oh, yeah. Al- Alec Bomb might get traded. Yeah, he's definitely trading uh material Alec Bomb. Uh they were talking about an Alec Bomb deal going to uh I forget uh to Oakland in exchange for maybe Chapman. Uh that kind of deal with Oakland rebuilding. Uh but Alec Bomb's got something to prove. Uh, I saw him in Arizona also. And when I say I see him, like seven or eight games. We stay there for a month, and it's the greatest time of my life. So very impressive looking, uh, can make the play, big kid. Looks a little too big for third base, but we'll see. Uh, Had a good first year. Last year he was terrible. So he's got something to prove. Yeah, it's a a really tough one to draft at this this time because you don't even know if he's going to have a full-time job in – in March right. or April. So that's a tough one. Um, Juan Yepes on the Cardinals. Yes. Big time. I mean, the Cardinals got some great looking young players, right? And then, then they, they just trade them. Then they trade them away. Well, as, as soon as they're, as soon as the player's good, then they like, not now. I mean, they got Carlson and who else? They got a whole bunch of young looking, great looking outfielders. And this kid Yepes, he ended a very strong regular season, batting 323, uh, 56 extra base hits, 111 games across two minor league levels. He's just a power is not his problem. He's 23 years old, led the Cardinal minor league as 27 home runs. And um, look, he, he's just a tremendous hitter. That's all he is. Uh, he tied for second in RBIs. In the Arizona Fall, 10 extra base hits um, in the Arizona Fall League. He's a player. And when you have an outfield, let's see who's their outfield. Carlson and uh, they got a whole bunch of young guys in the outfield. But I think that this kid absolutely is going to get a chance to play. Awesome. 23. Moving on to another Cardinal. That that team is already has already has a lot of like a star-studded starting lineup, but um, Nolan Gorman. Um, he's th- second base eligible on the NFBC, um, but he may not, that might not be his position. No, it won't be his position because second base with uh, Edmund there, uh, he's going to have to beat him out. He's not playing third with Nolan Arenado. So second base will be his position. And when he was drafted, he was regarded as the top high school slugger in the 2018 draft. He's just a big time power hitter. Okay. Uh, he was the 19th overall pick, and um, he has all the ingredients. 
any team would covet for a good young power hitter. He's got uh, great physical strength. They rave about his bat speed. He's got a left-handed swing. He's, uh, he makes good fly ball contact. Uh, the problem is he's got swing and miss tendencies. And, uh, and of course, when they start throwing in 95, 105, uh, he does swing and miss on a lot of those pitches. Uh, the criticism is that it might be a little pull heavy, okay? But uh, he's going to be a player, and he's going to play second base. The biggest gains that he's made have been um, on defense. Wait, where is he going to play? Because I, th- I thought you said Edmonds going to be at second. No, Edmonds is penciled in at second. But they say that, that the Gorman is going to beat him out. Okay, so where is Edmonds going to go? Edmonds is a tremendous um, – Utility guy, playing everywhere. He's going to play everywhere. You take a look at this Cardinal team, okay? Don't and, tell John Fish that. Do you know John Fish? Uh, no, I don't. You should follow him, that pile of dial on Twitter. Is that right? He, he, yeah, excellent player, excellent guy. He is just loving Tommy Edmond this year, and he's a, he's a really good player. So, Well, I still know for fantasy purposes, I'm not going to say that Edmonds is not getting his at-bats, but you take a look at this Cardinal team. And they're okay. they're just they're I mean they're just rock solid. Uh, the young outfielders Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson, and I forgot Tyler O'Neill. And there's another guy in the Arizona Fall League I saw Lars Newbar. Yes, yeah, so they <laughs> are loaded. Okay, but Tommy Edmond, he'll wind up. Uh, you know, uh, St. Louis is in the market for a shortstop. Right, uh, but Tommy Edmond. Uh, yes. So put him there. Pl- he could play yeah, short. Problem solved. I mean, problem solved. Look at all the depth that they have. Okay. They're not taking Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, the best center fielder in baseball out of the outfield. No. And, and they got Yepes to come in and take and, and, and Goldschmidt. Arenado, there's got, no room. There's no room for anybody. And they got Paul DeJong at short. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle that. They need uh, more help in the bullpen, although they got Giovanni Gallegos. Alex Reyes, Jordan Hicks, Genesis Cabrera is the lefty. Look, this Cardinal team, if you take the position, and a lot of us do, that depth is the name of the game, I think the Cardinals are going to be right there. Oh, I agree. So uh, just a sort of sidetrack onto Edmund. Like, he's going like in the sixth round of these 15-team leagues. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a fair price? I think it's a little high. He's solid. Okay. You, you think he's going to get his 550 at bats? I maybe? think he's going to get his at bats. Okay, good. So uh, another guy that's going not too far after him, just I know we're sidetracking. This wasn't on the agenda, but Miles Straw on the Indians. Now, you can sort of lump in Mondesi with this conversation because those, those are guys that are going to get, that could get you a huge chunk of your saves in these rotisserie leagues. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're not going to get, they come with their other risks like playing time, health, and not contributing in other statistical categories. Now, right. draw is going like in the seventh or eighth round, which is, I don't know, does that surprise you? Uh, not really. He, a lot of us thought he would do a little better than he did last year, but stolen bases, that's the name of his game. And if you're drafting for steals, nothing wrong with taking Miles Straw. Who would you rather, Miles Straw or Adalberto Mondesi in a vacuum? Because Mondesi, Mondesi, without a doubt. 
Yeah. Mondesi, without a doubt. Every year he proves it. He's a better player. Straw just didn't seem comfortable last year for whatever reason. Uh, he batted a lot at the bottom of the order. I saw that as well. So, yeah, I would take Mondesi without a question. Okay. Back, on, back to our AFL players. Nelson Velasquez on the Cubs. Wow. That's all I got to say. He was named the Arizona Fall League uh, Most Valuable Player. Uh, he got off to a booming start and didn't stop. MVP, uh, and, you know, he played 103 games on two levels in the regular season, 45 extra base hits. He had uh, 20-something doubles, uh, and, and he was tremendous. He closed out double A, batting about 270. Uh, he, and he's just a, a, a terrific power hitter, 17 stolen bases. He really impressed a lot of people in the Arizona Fall League. As I said, I was not there. But every day I spoke to people. And you know who I spoke to? I spoke a lot to a lot of the photographers who I became very friendly with. Same photographers who told me that Brandon Marsh was better than Joey Adele. And I think that's going to play out. And I didn't even know Brandon Marsh was at the time. But um, Velasquez, 22 years old, uh, is a fifth-round pick in 2017. And he just tore up the Arizona Fall League. Um, with in every category, so look for him. Uh, he was also a player of the week. He, he he just did everything. So he's been one of the best players in the Arizona Fall League. Led the league with nine home runs, forty hits, hit three eighty five. That says it all. Is he gonna? Is he gonna put? Um, what's his name? Ryan Howard? Is that no? Not Ryan. Howard. Why am I thinking? What? Who am I thinking of? Um, on the on the Cubs, you can put him out of a oh, job. Why am I? I know it's not Ryan Howard. He was on the Phillies, but um, well, no, you got Ian uh, Happ, you got Rafael Ortega, and you got Justin Hayward. Yeah, Jason Hayward. Hayward. Why am I? Jason not, Hayward. Jason Hayward. Why was I thinking Ryan Howard? Anyways, my my mind is mush. <laughs> yeah, Jason Hayward. Is he going to put Jason Hayward out of a job? Well, he could. Jason Hayward. Uh, his his main feature is his defense. Uh, but if Velasquez hits, look, if he hit, and they got Clint Frazier. Oh. You got to make room for Clint Frazier. Everything's opened up in Chicago. We know that. Okay. Uh, it's a rebuilding team. They got the Nico Horner there. They got Ian Happ. Rumor has it that Chicago is going to be very active when we come back from the layoff. Trevor Story's name is bantered around. Now, sometimes you got to read between the lines, right? The, the team chosen to play in next year's, um, oh, what's the name of that game with all the trees and everything? Um, in in uh, Iowa. Field, fields yeah. of Dream. In, field of Dreams. Chicago Cubs was a team selected to play in the Field of Dreams game. Now, I'll take this position that after talking to Chicago, somebody was promised, hey, we're not going to stink. We may go after Trevor's story. We may go after a pitcher. They've already got oh, yeah. Wade Miley. They could They've go after Yeah, Who knows what they're going to go after. But I don't think the Cubs are going to be a bad team when all is said and done. So I also, don't think, the, I also yeah. don't think the Twins are going to be a bad team either. I think they had some bad injuries. I think they could bounce back real quick. And I, I agree yeah, with you on the Cubs. Okay. But I'm looking for the Cubs. And my reasoning, forgive me, is they were chosen to play in the, um, in the game in Iowa. And I don't think they would have taken a dead team 
to play in that game. All right. So um, I listen to your podcast and you sort of break it up and uh, you, you have a trivia question from time to time. I got, I got one for you. I know we don't have it's a chat. It's not trivia. Here. It's called genius of the day. Okay. Genius of the genius of the day. I'm sorry. Yeah, so difference. name me the player. The only player besides the great Barry Bonds to accum- accumulate 600 doubles, 200 homers, and 500 stolen bases. So Barry Bonds did this. Yeah, I when know. It, and I asked the same question about two weeks ago, and I don't know the answer. <laughs> you asked the same question? I think so, yes. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you yeah. did. Uh, Anyways, we can come back to it. We can think about it. We can come okay, back. let's think. I'm not too good at thinking, but uh, okay, whatever. So 600 doubles, 200 homers, 500 bats. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about so some 500 rookies. stolen bases that gets me. Yeah, I don't think you asked this because I didn't. I didn't copy this question. From yeah. you. Maybe, oh no, maybe. I'm not saying that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you know when Andrew and I are sleeping, we ask each other trivia questions. So maybe during like me. actually when you're asleep or like yeah, when about, you're about one to o'clock. Go, yeah, no, or when you're about to like not in your you don't talk in your sleep. Yeah, right? we talk to each other when we're sleeping. But how do you know yeah. that? How do you remember? It's that always but everything we do is baseball. Everything. How do you know? How do you know that's just not a dream though? It might be a dream. Okay. Anyways. All right. Well, he says that she's my dream, but it's not. <laughs> That's cute. Um, all right. So other rookies, these are like later. Some of them aren't late, but some of them are later in these 500 or yeah. sorry, 750 player drafts. So you got right. Bobby Witt going 200 picks ahead of, I don't know, how, how do we want to structure this conversation? So I guess maybe you want to like tell me if it's good value or bad value or which one of these players is the better value. But Bobby Witt's going about 200 picks ahead of O'Neill Cruz. So I guess maybe you can talk about when you expect them up, what sort of you can expect from their production, and which one is the better value. Well, Bobby Witt, I say, is a better value. He demolished AAA pitching. He was sitting close to 300. Last When I looked, he had about 10 or 11 homers, seven steals since he got promoted. Uh, As far as Cruz goes, I got to tell you, I saw him play in Arizona, too, and even though he's playing shortstop and they haven't moved him, there's just something about him that does not give me a lot of confidence. All right. But as far as wit goes, fantasy owners chomping at the bit to get him. He put, he put up what 27 homers, 21 steals in over 90 games in the minors. So I will definitely go for wit. As far as Cruz goes after watching him play, he had a strong double a season hitting close to 300. But he's really strikeout prone. Uh, a lot of swing and misses uh, because of his size. He's, um, he's got seven. seven, 70 grade raw power. He goes to all fields, six, seven. Uh, he really, you know, leverages the ball uh, as good as anybody. But um, it's very impossible to be confident projecting his hit tool at that size. So I will go with, uh, absolutely go with Bobby Witt. Well, you gotta, you gotta remember, like even, even though they're going 200 picks apart in ADP, like yeah. even, okay. I just wanted to make sure that we're, we're clear on yeah. that. Now, no, with I think O'Neal, Bobby Witt's a potential star. I'm not sure how much Cruz is going to struggle. Yeah, the people people seem to like uh, think they don't need to take their Viagra anymore because they just need to look at him hitting the ball 118 miles an hour, O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that just is enough for them. But I don't know, and I'm not sure that those stolen. You know what? If you're going to be drafting him, where you're going to be drafting him because 
there's no lock that he's up right away. You saw what the Reds did with uh, Jose Barrero or Jose Garcia. They had him up at the end right. of 2020, and then he wasn't mm-hmm. up again for the whole 2021 season until at least That's the middle right. of the year. So that could be another situation like that. But those stolen bases better fucking translate to the major leagues if you're going to be drafting this early. And that's something that you just don't really know. Um, anyways, next one. Next one. Julio Rodriguez. Um, he's sometimes, not often, but going ahead of Joey Adele. I know you're not. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of Adele uh, relative to others. But um, what do you think? Who would you rather have? Actually, straight up this year. Well, I'll tell you why I'm not a fan of Joey Adele, and. Uh, Andrea is not a fan of Joey Adele. We went to the Arizona, here I go, Arizona Fall League. Hey, it's, and, it's important. And watch this guy for a month. Now, when we got there, we were uh, warned that Joey Adele may not be as good as Brandon Marsh. And I'm, I'm talking about some scouts and uh, photographers who see every everything going on. Now, Adele, when he steps on the field, he looks like a Hall of Famer. He just looks the part, and he's got everything. He's got all the tools, but I don't know if he has the toolbox to put the tools in, okay? Uh, every game that I saw him, I'm talking about eight or nine games, we made a special effort to see him as much as we could. He always did something good, but one thing in every game, he did one thing. He got a clutch hit a home run, whatever, but everything else was not good. Very inconsistent. So Adele, I think he could grow into it because he's got all the tools. Twenty. Um, look, he appeared in, what, 35 games after he was called up. He had only about, he had less than 250. He had 17 runs scored, two stolen bases. He's way ahead of the game, but I, I still think if I have a choice of Joey Adele or Brandon Marsh, also an outfielder in, in the Angels system, I'm taking Brandon Marsh. I am not high on Joey Adele, even though he looks like an all-star. He just doesn't play like one. Where would, where would you draft Julio Rodriguez this year in a redraft league? What well, point? when do you think he's up? I guess it's a hard uh, question to answer. He's only yeah. 20, and he advanced to double A in 2021. He hit 362. He'll be in the mix to make his major league debut at some point this year. Some point. He's got speed. He's aggressive. Um, and, and he has been, look, they, they talk about good number one overall prospects, and they talk about great ones. He's in the, he's in the great mix, okay? He's supposed to be a special player. So I will take uh, I will take Rodriguez, and I would draft him. I would draft him high. I don't know what high is, but I would draft him up there, certainly ahead of Joey Adele, easily. Ooh, okay. So Hunter Green at pick say four hundred, or Max Meyer, or and or Grayson Rodriguez at pick five hundred. Well, Hunter Green is something special, and when the, when you have the possibility of Louis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and even Tyler Melee, all possibly on the trade block. It's realistic to think that Hunter Green could see some kind of action in 2022. Okay. Uh, so let's see what happened. He had the Tommy John surgery in 2019. That seems like it was uh, way back when. His fastball velocity is so good, it makes his slider 
and a changeup, which is his third pitch, much better than it is. He's not a perfect prospect. He's got great stuff. He's pretty close to making his debut. Okay. Uh, Mike Meyer, 30 Max, years old. Max, Max Meyer. Oh, Max Meyer. Uh, Marlins. I don't know. I'm sorry? On the Marlins. Max yeah, oh, Max Meyer on the Marlins. First, first round pick last, uh, not last year, but I think two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he can make his debut. The Marlins are pretty aggressive bringing people up. Um, he's good. And then yeah, the face- thing about the Marlins is this, and here's, here's it's not a problem. Uh, I think the Marlins are going to be a sleeper team. But when you have Alcantara, who is extended for five years, Trevor Rogers, Pablo Lopez, Edward Cabrera, uh, Jesus Lazardo, uh, Cisco Sanchez with the bad shoulder, he's still around. Cisco, like the thong song, or, Cis- or Cisco? They got, they got a ton of players. Cisco? So, I'm sorry? Sixto, right? Yeah, whatever his name is. Okay. You know, I pronounce all kinds of names wrong, yet the remarkable thing, everybody knows what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I'm just, uh, uh, even back when I was talking about uh, Scott Carpenter, uh, okay, a possible Cy Young Award winner for the Cardinals, all right? I know exactly who you're talking about. Todd Stottlemyre. No, but his name was <laughs> Scott... Scott no, Carpenter was an astronaut. Chris Carpenter. Chris Carpenter. It was Chris Carpenter. Yeah, of course. I yeah. called him Scott Carpenter for an entire podcast until I was told that he was an astronaut, and it was it, it's really Chris Carpenter. But everybody knew who I was talking about. Well, that's not that's not really mispronouncing a name. It's just like not knowing somebody's name. Well, I knew his name, but I just didn't say it right. Same way I know Todd Hundley, Randy Hundley. I always call these players by their father's name. So. Okay. It doesn't matter. All right, cool. So, okay, but back to this question. Yes. You like? It sounds like you like Green. Do you like Max Meyer or Grayson Rodriguez this year? Well, Grayson Rodriguez, uh, he pitched great in Double A. Great. His, his first five or six starts were fantastic, uh, and he definitely raised the bar. But I, I if I had to take a choice, uh, far and away, I'm going with uh, Hunter Green. Okay. Without a doubt. All right. Um, and this is, uh, we talked about Stott and Gorman already. They're going a bit later than these two other guys. Yeah. But would you rather one or two of these other guys than Stott or Gorman? Spencer Torkelson and Josh Jung. Well, Spencer Torkelson, he was supposed to play in the Arizona Fall League, but um, he, was, he was injured, so they kept him out. Uh, he's going to play first base. Right now, if you take a look at the Tiger uh, um, potential lineup, they've got Jonathan Scope penciled in at first base. Jonathan Scope penciled in at first base. I don't have a lot of confidence that that's going to last, and I think they're keeping him at first base for now. He'll probably start the season at first base, but ideally Torkelson will be in the lineup. And there's no doubt he also uh, has played some third base, but they're playing him at third base, without a doubt. You mean first first base? Yeah, uh, yeah, they're going to play him at third base. At uh, first base, sorry. Then Candelario is going to stick at third? Yeah, Candelario staying at third. Torkelson is going to be the first baseman. If you take a look at the uh, situation there, Jonathan Scope is penciled in at first base, and you know that's going to be temporary at best. Can't Scope play second? He can, but they have a pretty good second baseman right there now. 
uh, in Detroit. Uh, let me just think of who Not that one of the is. Castro brothers. Uh, at second base in Detroit, they've got well, they got Scope penciled in at first. They got Willie Castro. They got Isaac Paredes, both at second Jeez. base. They're not going to uh, play Castro over Scope. No, they're not. But then who are they going to play at first? They got Javier Baez at short. Yeah, Torkelson will be at first. Yeah, Torkelson's be, at first and Scope's going to be at second. Right. But at the beginning of the year, okay. I think Scope starts off at first. Torkelson starts off in AAA. And, uh, of course, in their outfield. Victor Reyes, by the way, is another player that should be noted. He's tearing up the Venezuelan league. Now, I don't know what that means, okay? <laughs> but, but he's just, uh, he, he's really, he really is. Uh, I used to like Daz Cameron. I don't anymore. But I do like Riley Green on this team big time. And I think that Riley Green, uh, talking to some people in Detroit, the feeling is, is that he could open up the season as the starting center fielder. So Victor Reyes could be out of luck in that case. Uh, well, Victor Reyes... As I say, he's having a good uh, uh, Venezuelan league, but uh, what the heck does that mean? Well, they it got means it. that here's the thing in spring training, you can't watch every player. So, what I tell everybody who listens to my podcast, there are certain players that you have to write their name down and watch them every day. You can't watch everybody. Victor Reyes could be one of those players. If he continues hitting in the spring like he's hitting in Venezuela, They'll make room for Victor Reyes. He's a good player. He could play all three outfield positions. He could run. He could hit for power. So there are some players you just have to watch out. And they're mainly endgame players. Everybody knows the big guys. But it's the endgame guys. And Victor Reyes could be one of them. All right. Um, do you have, so I guess, could Akil Badu be somebody that falls out of the mix in that case? Like, like are, you, are we sure that he's the real deal? No. And last year, he showed it at the beginning of the year. Everybody wanted him. I think by the second half of the year, nobody wanted him. But he's got some power. He's got some speed. Probably another guy to watch in the spring. But he did start off last year on fire, and he did fade quite a bit. So He ended, he ended off okay. Yeah, but he, there was a period there in the second half that he was nothing. So... Just yeah, he's got some rough off. stretches. Rough yeah. stretches here. Absolutely. So do you think, like, it could like he's not, he should be on watch too. I think well, probably, but he did it last year. He started off good, had a good. I mean, look, if you watch a guy in the in spring training, it doesn't necessarily mean. Uh, it probably means he'll start off good, like Badu, but uh, it's a long season, right? All right. Well, this is a good transition. Riley Green, he's going around yeah. pick. 300, 350, I'd imagine, and, or Brennan Davis on the Cubs, who's going much later. Well, uh, as I mentioned, I like Riley Green a lot. Okay. And I think he'll play. Now, Davis on the Cubs, uh, he's a big kid. Boy, this guy's a big kid. What is he, about 6'5", something like that? But uh, and, and, and he plays uh, center field. Um, I just, I think, they got, and, and they got Velasquez. There's just a lot of potential out there. But I think Riley Green, Detroit, like Torkelson, they want to give Riley Green the job. They want to give Torkelson the job. I don't get the same vibes out of anybody on the Cubs, even Velasquez, but they definitely in Detroit, they have a game plan. The Tigers are building a terrific team. I really like what they're doing. Uh, 
if they get some bullpen strength, maybe another pitcher, it's going to be a terrific team. Yeah, well, you know what? Rodney Green, they has the same strikeout worries as all those other guys. Yeah, they all do. Almost any kid coming up now, that's the name of the game. You got to either strike out or hit a home run, right? right. So. All right, Adley Rushman at pick 200 or Dan Marino at pick like 400. Well, I think Rushman's going to get a chance to play. Right away? Not right away. But if he starts off the season hot, I say he gets a chance to play. That's what they're talking about. So. All right. So um, Rushman at pick 200 or Dan Marino at pick 400? I would take Rushman. I think he's going to be a player, and I think he's going to get a chance to play. Okay. All right. Back to or back to the back to the genius of the day question. Any? Like, any like, I don't know. It's the okay, I'll give you. I'll give you another hint. Five hundred stolen bases got me. Five hundred stolen bases. 200 home runs, 600 doubles. Only guy to do it besides Barry Bonds in the history of baseball. And this guy did it with, here's a big hint, with a 300 batting average career and 3,000 hits. So there's only so many people that have 3,000 hits. Oh, it's uh, uh, Bobby Abreu. He doesn't have 3,000 hits. No, he doesn't. I don't know that I don't. Anyway, we'll come back. Okay, maybe we'll come back. I don't have any more hints, <laughs> but um, all right. Um, let's go back to this. so other questions here. Um, before we get uh, into these, I was listening to your podcast this morning, and you're talking about Trevor Bauer. I don't know what to do with Trevor Bauer, man. Like um, nobody does. No, but that's why I talked about him this morning because his name has been off the headlines. And when I thought of him, I said, "What do we do with him?" So I just went over. Uh, and updated everybody on what's going on. The Dodgers are, are still paying them. Uh, the big thing about Trevor Bauer is how it's going to hamper the Dodgers in the offseason making moves. That's what it is. I don't think that they're going to consider him as part of their plans. I think if, like, if, so let, let's say his criminal investigation goes in his favor, um, and that's not a thing. And he's still subject, as you were saying on your podcast, to like the joint domestic abuse, child, yeah. family stuff, whatever that's called. But this was, I don't know. I don't know. This wasn't his, wasn't like his girlfriend or it wasn't his family. It wasn't his kid. So does that, I don't know. If, I guess maybe it falls under that. I don't know. It, it's not about where he's going to play. It's about the money. I don't think the Dodgers have one. I think if, if he's like, eligible to play i think the dodgers are done with him i think they're just going to cut him that's what but I. but they still have to pay him yeah he's, he's i think they're going to cut him he's guaranteed 30 it's about yeah. the money yeah that's going to hold the dodgers back so what do they do pay. make him just he's like the highest him? paid player in baseball so i if i were them i wouldn't even cut them i would just if they're going to do that i would just tell them that you're not playing but we're going to pay you <laughs> something like that i don't know what is but the dodgers come out and you think that the dodgers would not be worried about money, but come on, they're a business and everybody has to concern themselves with a budget. And I've heard that keeping Trevor Bauer could hold the Dodgers back from making uh, one or two big moves. So I'm, I'm sure he's got some trade value to someone else. Like people wanted Deshaun Watson on the, on the, like he was getting trade talk. Right. So maybe they could trade him and eat maybe 60% of that salary. It's yeah. all speculation. Yeah. I have no idea. All I, I no know idea. is that nobody knows anything. <laughs> that no. is true. All right. So I, I was also listening to your podcast. You were talking about um, flexing today 
and a pitch mix, a pitch mix change. So if anyone's yeah. listening to this, you should go tune into Lenny's podcast from 20, the December 22nd podcast and take a listen to what he was saying about that. But are there any other pitchers that you noticed that mix changes um, yeah, that well, people should um, pay attention to? Not just that, you know, I mean, Flexen really, he unveiled a new pitch mix and he ditched a slider and a sinker. Uh, he put in a cutter and more curves. But the only other pitcher that I know about, it's not necessarily pitch mix, it's how he pitches. And I think that's uh, John Gray. Okay. Uh, I think that's great. I think now that he's out of Colorado, we're going to see him with uh, just a different repertoire, pitching a little different, not being as careful. Look, he made 29 starts for Colorado. He had a 4-5 ERA, a 1-3 whip. He won't have to pitch in Coors Field anymore. I think you'll see a lot more confidence and um, much more of a prominent role in the Texas Rangers rotation. Cool. All right. Now, I was looking at um, stolen bases recently, and I posted a couple of things on Twitter about sometimes stolen bases aren't what, you, what they appear to be on paper. Like, for, an exa- for example, Nate Lowe, the yeah. first baseman for the Rangers, he had eight stolen bases last year, and he was caught zero times. So he's mm-hmm. perfect on the base paths. But if you look at his stat cast, he, he doesn't appear to be a fast individual. He's a big guy that you just wouldn't think would be a burner on the base paths, but eight stolen bases sort of exceeded my expectations for him. So looking at those, four of those stolen bases, so half of them, the catcher didn't even throw to second base. And three of those were because of of the fact that there was a runner on third when he stole second. So um, they chose not to um, from circumstance, not because he just can just straight up steal on will. There's a couple of guys that like are sort of on the peripheral there. I don't think I really have a question, like a, a, a specific question on this, but like Goldschmidt was another guy that like just came back out of nowhere. A lot of his stolen bases were, were, were on the back end of a Tony, Tommy Edmonds uh, double steal. Right, right, right. And then you got Gleyber Torres and uh, Gleyber Torres. So all of a sudden he's like stealing 14 bases, but if you, if you'll actually look at his stolen bases, like a lot, not many of them were just like him beating the catcher out. A lot of them were just like um, opportunistic in the game. So what do you think about that? Is there something, is this something that's worth looking at? Well, the most important thing to look at, and I'm surprised there's not more of this. I may be doing this uh, uh, this year, is I talked to Brandon Phillips a couple of years ago uh, where he didn't steal any bases. He didn't run in the minors. He didn't, he didn't steal any bases. Uh, no, it wasn't Brandon Phillips. Uh, it was somebody else who didn't steal bases after we stole 30 in the minors. Anyway, Brandon Phillips told me we didn't get the green light. We got the red light. So it's you have to study and understand manager tendencies. It's not how fast the players are. It's the managerial tendencies about running. Many managers just don't like to run. And I don't care who. You know what? The strangest thing to me in all of Major League Baseball, and I'll tell you what it is. When Abner Doubleday invented the game, 60 feet, six inches from first to second, right? Or whatever it was. The distance between first and second. 90 feet. Was exactly the same as it is now. Exactly the same. You would think with the Vince Coleman's of the world and everybody else, all the speedsters compared to what they were when Doubleday invented the game, you would think that there would be players who could run any time they want and steal 100 bases right? They're so much faster 
than they used to be, with the distance of the bases the same. Since Abner Doubleday invented the game, how come there's not 30 players with 100 stolen bases? A lot of it has to do with the manager. And the I know the pitchers get rid of the ball quicker. The catchers get rid of the ball quicker. It does not equal the difference in the speed of what we have now in baseball compared to what we have in the early 1900s. Right. So, yeah, this is something that interests me, though, because a lot of them, like, yeah, it, it, like a lot of those, Nate Lowe, for example, the stolen bases were because his manager just decided, like, he must have got the oh, go-ahead from the manager to go ahead, take second base, yeah. because right. you're probably not going to throw, or it's just being aware. Is it the player being aware? Is it the, is it the manager being aware? Right. But and it's really, still, as still Brandon Phillips said, it's the, it's, it's the red light, not the green light. It's the red light that, that separates the stolen base uh, category. Are there, are there any teams that you, that like are, that you st steer away from? Like, like, I don't know. I'm looking at like, for example, Marcus Semyon, he went to the Rangers. They seem yeah. like a stolen base heavy team, like just ba based on what I've gathered right. from last year. So maybe can he increase his stolen bases? If you take a look at it, I mean, for years, the Baltimore Orioles were not the stolen base team. Remember the philosophy, it was always, and it is now too, with all the home runs, why run out of uh, uh, a, a run? Would you have somebody running if you had a bunch of home run hitters coming up? In today's game, that's even more relevant than it's ever been. So the stolen base thing, you take a look at the teams that uh, have shown that they will run, and, those way, and that's where you get your players um, for stolen bases. I wonder how many of the Torres at 14. So I wonder how many, um, maybe I'll get Tracy. Tracy, can you run fan, fan graphs? See how many, um, see how many stolen bases Glaber Torres had with, um, with the double steal or if the, the catcher didn't throw. Fan graph, not fan tracks. You're not setting my lineups. It's December. It's December. You don't have to set lineups, not fan tracks. Anyway. Uh, ah, okay, who cares? All right. Um, next, um, back to our, our question. So this guy, 600 doubles. 200 homers, oh, 500 stolen uh, bases, 3,000 hits. That's a great so, question. So he's actually, he's, he, forget about Barry Bonds. He's the only one with 3,000 hits, 600 doubles, 200 homers, and 500 stolen bases. And he's actually the only one also with, uh, there's another hint, 100 triples in his career. But that doesn't, that, he doesn't even need that to be the only one. So it's 500 stolen bases, 200 homers. So 200, he's a two in the 200-500 club with 600 doubles. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go through. Is it is it somebody current or something? He has to be. No, it's, he's not playing anymore, but he's uh -huh. uh, surely a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's uh, all right. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Um, all right. Now, what do you think about saves being pushed up this year? Like, um, and like saves are going like I've, I've done a lot of early drops already. Saves are going crazy early. Um, you don't know what's going on in a lot of situations. So what do you think is going to happen with uh, Kimbrell and, J and Jansen? Where do you think they, those two players end up? Well, Jansen's a free agent. Who knows where he's going to go? But uh, when he finished off last year, the, the point is he still has it. And if he lost it, he got it back. Kimbrell is not going to be on this team uh, next year. He will definitely get traded, in my opinion, in the open market. And the uh, uh, people that I speak to, all say the same thing. Uh, 
and that's about and it's saves is tough because now the way pitchers are handled with uh, pitchers coming out after five innings and you got the you know it used to be that you had the starting pitcher you had the setup man and you had the closer now there's a starting pitcher there's the effector who will come in with the game on the line in any inning doesn't even have to be the ninth so say to draft saves 25 years ago i said never draft saves in the auction format uh i'm almost saying that now in the snake draft i draft saves in the snake draft when i take a look at the player pool and there's nobody who jumps off the page and makes a difference on my team there's a lot of people with the same stats that's when i'll pick a closer cool um what do you think about the guys returning from tommy john like verlander um severino kind of he was back a little bit last year clevenger um Syndergaard, are you in yep. on those guys um well the only one in that quarter in that category uh i was surprised that the mets did not pitch Syndergaard last year okay very surprised so i am not confident in noah Syndergaard pitching more than 125 innings. He hasn't pitched in two years. I'll tell you the other guy I'm afraid of, Clayton Kershaw. And he had a a forearm. He didn't have Tommy John. But somebody pointed this out to me. If the team that knows the most about Clayton Kershaw is the Dodgers. They know more about his health than anybody. And they didn't make him a qualifying offer. What does that tell you? A lot. Got to be scary, right? Mm-hmm. Got to be scary. So uh, I would be very careful. Uh, Verlander appears to be back. They're giving him a hell of a lot of money. Uh, so you got to be uh, confident that they know what they're doing. But Syndergaard, no. And Kershaw, definitely no. So how do you feel about um, Jacob deGrom's impending Tommy John surgery? <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> uh, well, that's the other thing. You know, you always read between the lines. Is that why they invested $32 million on a 39-year-old pitcher? Because they were afraid that who knows about Jake deGrom? And they didn't pitch him less. I thought at the end of the year, and this is what I think the Mets made a mistake. They should have. The put, Mets made a mistake? No, really? No, the Mets don't make mistakes. No, okay. But they should have put him in for two starts just to see how he would come out of it. Right? <laughs> Why? He was, because this arm, way. He has a torn UCL. Why in the offseason, they would know what to do. But he has a right torn, now, he has a torn they, UCL, right? Yeah, and that's, but it's why, okay. and that's why they got Scherzer. Because they're not confident. So what, they're going to give Scherzer's UCL to DeGrom? Is that that why they paid? Probably, or maybe his kneecap. It'll be better better than what he has. No, but seriously, like like Jacob DeGrom, like they reported he had a torn UCL like at the end of last year. And then all of a sudden they're like, ah, I think it's fine. But like that doesn't heal like that. Yeah, you're right. Are you you, uh, staying away from DeGrom as well? Oh, he's, yeah, I would absolutely stay away from the ground. I don't have a lot of confidence. And when the Mets didn't pitch him last year at the end, just to see what he has, um, other teams did to those guys that were injured, but the Mets did not. 
and that kind of bothered me. But Degrom is like so good, though. He, that's a, that's the thing with him. He's like a cheat code. It's fine. Like yeah, he well, he's not good if he's not going to pitch. So. Exactly. I will not draft him either. I will. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I I'm agreeing with you. I cannot. Uh, but I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing devil's advocate, though. Um, so how do you? How let's let last. Let's end it off here. So how do you? How do you go about analyzing players? Because this is this is where you make your bank, and this, yeah. this is where I've seen great players make bank is getting players cheap on the bounce back. Um, just like Altuve, JD Martinez, Javi, Javi Baez last year, people made a lot of money doing that. And mm-hmm. but also there's players that didn't bounce back, like Christian Yelich, um, Cody Bellinger, and mm-hmm. those are those are two guys that I want to ask you about first. So are you like this is a buy or sell after ADP? Uh, this is the draft champions ADP. You got um, Bellinger at 101 and Yelich at 105. Are you right. buying or selling those guys? Well, look, I'll take a look at Yelich. I think he'll hit around 270, 25 homers, 15 stolen bases. That's not a first round pick, not a second, not a bad player, but not the Christian Yelich of old. Same thing with Bellinger. He could hit 250, 25 to 30 home runs, uh, 10 stolen bases, not a bad player. You just can't expect these two guys to be what they once were, and they were both first round picks. So just to mention Yelich and Bellinger, don't think they're going to be what they were, but they'll still be pretty decent players. All right. Another another pairing is uh, Sonny Gray at pick 166 and Zach Gallon at pick 143. So they're going at a similar range. And they There's were both... No re- look, the only reason you can speculate on Zach Gallon only because he's had his moments of greatness and he's still young. But uh, if he stays on on the team he's on now, uh, he'll have a 3-4 ERA, 1-2, nothing special. Same thing with Sonny Gray, but you don't know where he's going to be. Sonny Gray is going to have a 3-5 ERA, 1-1-5 whip. And, and, and all these guys will strike out at least a batter in inning. So um, I'm I not taking any of these guys based on their best years in the big leagues. Zach Gallen is the only one, except uh, he's not a terrible team. He's the only one who I think could emerge and have a terrific year. Are you including Yellick and Bellinger in that statement? Yes. Uh, And they'll be okay players, but they're not going to be first or second round players. All right. Now we got three more pairings here. Trevor Story and Francisco Lindor. Story's going at an ADP of 41. Lindor is going at... um, 50, so both round four picks. They were basically round one or two picks last year. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one because I think they'll both bat around 260, 265. They'll both hit around 25 homers. Everybody's afraid of Trevor Story leaving Colorado. Uh, I heard a report last week that Colorado's in on Trevor Story. So they may not let him go. And what, do you, both, what do you mean? They, he's a free agent. I don't yeah, think Story's, they they, they story's not in on Colorado. He's not they could staying. still sign him. Yeah. And they're both stealing around 15 bases. So let's put it this way. If they're both on the board, uh, I think they're both even as far as a player is concerned. I don't care where story winds up. I'll still say he'll hit 265. I think Lindor will hit 265, 25 home runs for each, 15 stolen bases. Not bad players, but not enough to spend the extra dollar. So you're not, you're not in on them in round four? Round four, yes. I okay. would draft either one of them in round, but no higher. Okay. okay. And you know, when you talk about round four, 
round three. I'll, I can give you a dollar value because I, I, I'm yeah, more dollar value, Samir, much better because when you're formulating a team. Okay, so you, let's go. Let's go back to this. It's a little different. Okay, let's go back to this. Let's say um, Yellick and Bellinger. Are you gonna are you gonna spend it? I, I I'm throwing them out fifteen bucks. You gonna go sixteen on me? Oh yeah, I'm gonna go 21, 22, 23. Okay, well that's more than what their ADP is. So yeah, okay. Okay, so, you're, so, so that, that changes your answer. So you're in on Yellick and Bellinger. Okay, well, Sonny, I think they're twenty three dollar players, but that's right. not a spectacular player. Right, twenty five right. is the is the line. Okay, it's all context here. So Sonny Gray and Zach Allen, I'm throwing them out there, and you're me and you're in an auction right now. I'm throwing them out there for eight bucks. Are you going nine on them? I would go nine on both of them. Okay, so you're now you're in on both of those guys. Okay, yes, Lind I am. So Lindor and uh, Story, I'm throwing them out there for twenty three bucks. Are you going? Are you going more than twenty three bucks? Yeah, Lindor. I'll go twenty three bucks on both of these guys, but with these two, it depends on where I am in the draft. That's okay. a big. I think twenty three dollars is high on both of them, but yet in the draft, if you want them, you got to spend twenty three, maybe even twenty four, to get these guys. And of course, we want to find out where Trevor's story winds up. Right. All right. Next pairing is you Darvish at pick ninety and Blake Snell at pick one twenty four. I'm throwing those guys out to you at fifteen bucks. Hugh Darvish, eighteen nineteen on San Diego. Snell, I think he'll have a three six ERA, one two five whip. Uh, I don't see anything special in Snell, but I All do right. like Darvish. All right, that's going to be music to some people's ears that you said you don't like Snell. But next pairing, um, Yoan Moncada at pick one fifty, and Gleyber Torres at pick one fifty eight. So both both the same area. We're going to go ten bucks. I think Moncada has more of an upside. Uh, we haven't seen him steal bases lately. I think the White Sox team, you know, as the team goes, so goes the player. I think the White Sox are going to be spectacular. Moncada could hit me about 280, 20 to 23 home runs, uh, 5 to 10 stolen bases. Now, Torres may not be far behind, hitting about 270, probably a couple of home runs less, and even a couple of stolen bases left. So I'd prefer Moncada. But uh, and the Yankees trying very hard to make a change at shortstop. So I'd be very careful with Torres. I don't know where he's going to wind up. A lot of rumors that the Yankees are going after a big shortstop. Uh, Torres cannot play the position. So where is he going to play? I would take Moncada heavily over Torres until I find out where Torres is going. Awesome. All right, uh, so that basically wraps things up. Unless you want to go back to our genius of the day question. So well, 600, 600 doubles, 200 homers, 500 stolen bases. Alex Rodriguez? No. 3,000 3, hits. So no, he has 3,000 hits. Does, does he? Uh, I think he, yeah, you know, he does. He run had 3,000 hits, whether or not you think uh, they're legit or not. So that, again, 600 How about doubles. Albert Pujols? No. It's, not a, about, it's, not, a, it's uh, not a current player. So I'll give you another hint. He is a former... World Series MVP. Eddie Murray. Incorrect. He does not have Eddie Murray, I don't think, would have 500 stolen bases. Uh, Rafael Palmeiro. Nope. He was close. Might have been. I don't know. But that is, those are good guesses. He was a World Series know. MVP from the for the team that I am a fan of in Toronto. Well, if you say Willie Mays, then that's 
That's not good. It's not Willie Mays. And it's not Hank Aaron, right? No. 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Nope, oh, 500 stolen bases. Only two, you only need 200 home runs. 200 oh, home fun. runs. All right, okay. 200 well, home true. runs, 500 stolen bases, 600 doubles, 3,000 hits. Only player in history to do this. And he's also the hints are All right, well. let's have the answer. I it's Paul Molitor. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have got him in a million years. So. <laughs> well, that's why they call it the genius of the day. Not everyone's not everyone's the genius of the day every day. No, I'm certain, and that for sure, I could tell you it's not me as genius of the day. <laughs> that's for sure. All right. How about more, more run of the month? I probably. Do you need questions that. every day for that, or you just want to like be like really bad for one day, and then you get to be more of the month for? The I'll tell you months. on my serious radio show. We actually gave out prizes for the genius of the day. And it took, on our show, we were getting 25 to 30 calls a show. The producers couldn't keep up, so we had to stop it. <laughs> four? Oh, Tracy, just, she just got the answer now. Four, four of those stolen bases were from, uh, were the sort of like uh, runners on, and they just oh, really from Glaber Torah. So four of his 14. So eh, right. still, he had 10 legit ones, but I think some of them well, were just bad throws. All right. Um, so what else, what there. else we want to talk about here? We got, we got everything that we, that we needed. Um, so we, we did the, we did the question. So obviously Paul Molitor is better than Barry Bonds and that's why Barry Bonds is out of the hall. Of Fame. <laughs> you want to talk about the hall of fame? Um, everyone, lo everyone loves to hear about the hall of fame on fantasy podcast because it's so relevant, but yeah, you know what the hall of fame to me, clearly without a doubt, you know, we make changes. Baseball wants to make changes. They want to change first the size of first base. They want to change this and that and the pitch clock and robo-umps. The change that has to be made is the Hall of Fame. No longer is the Hall of Fame just the best players. Uh, and I think that the Bill Mazarowski entrance to the Hall of Fame really screwed it up. The Hall of Fame should be a museum type of a place where where players are honored for their stats yet a story is told about every player you want to talk about pete rose his stats are glorious and it should be told the story of pete rose and so on down the line it should be much more of a museum than it is picking the great players because it's it's all all messed up uh, David Ortiz, uh, last I looked, was the leading vote-getter. And he's got the numbers to make the Hall of Fame. The steroid thing with him was just speculation, same as it's been for a couple of players. Uh, but I think it's time to end that nonsense. Uh, uh, don't base the Hall of Fame on anything but stats and a story. More of a museum. I agree. They got to get Barry Bonds in that Hall of Fame. They got to stop being right. And Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame, but this. but do you know how much Pete Rose merchandise is being sold? Yeah, a lot. You know, the Hall of Fame. It's like like I think this year is sort of like the last draw. Like I don't think people I don't think people are going to care about it anymore. It's sort of like right. yeah, I you agree. put you you put Barry Bonds and you taint it. But like guess what? It's tainted because you got a bunch of idiots that are just whatever. So like okay. Okay, we just don't care. We should just defund the Hall of Fame. There you go. 
I don't know if it's funded, but let's defund, let's defund it. If they don't, if they, if they don't get Barry <laughs> Have you Bonds. ever been there? No, uh, I, I have not been to the hall. I'll tell you what, I've been there twice. And it's interesting to go through, but I will tell you what. The thing I loved about the Hall of Fame was walking through the streets of Cooperstown and going into the stores with the old memorabilia. And they used to, and they had the old flat gloves for sale. They had the old advertisements with, you know, Ted Williams smoking a camel cigarette. <laughs> and those are the things I bought. A lot of the memorabilia there. Walking through Cooperstown was terrific. Now I go through Cooperstown and I see the old gloves and they're the gloves that I used to have. So I don't go there anymore. Makes sense. All right. All right, Lenny. Well, thanks very much for um, your time. And we've uh, gone over a little bit over an hour, but I appreciate it. We, we covered a lot of good stuff. So when you like, um, I guess you want to tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter. And you what, can, what you're up to? I can tell you where to find me when I'm not on Twitter. Okay. I'm usually, in the, I'm usually in the kitchen. All right, but uh, on Twitter, at Lenny Melnick. But the big thing, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time, we have a chat room of the greatest people in the industry, uh, all talking it up. Uh, and we have such a wonderful time. I've met so many great people. So if you can come to, it's all free. I will never charge for my podcast, never charge for the chat room. And we live for it. So I won't. Enjoy. I'll never do that either. And and I appreciate you not charging me for for this guest appearance. No, I'm not going to charge you, but uh, um, Andrea will. Uh, she'll send you a bill. Okay. Okay. She she did the admin. So thank we, you very we both, much. We both have our own admins. Okay. Thank you, thank you, Lenny. And I'll talk to you later. And um, okay. I'll tag you when this uh, comes out. And um, I wish you all the best. And you we'll too. talk. We'll talk later. Thank you, Zach.